Good day to everyone. Hopefully you're having an amazing day. We're so thankful that you chose to worship with us on today. But before we get into the word, we want to go ahead and let everyone know some of the amazing things that are happening here at New Beginnings Discipleship Ministries. We are currently holding services in person. However, if you are desiring to watch service with us live, we are able to do so through our YouTube channel. If you are wanting to watch any of the replays, you can find them on all of our social media outlets. Our MBDM prayer line is open Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. using the information that is on the screen. Kingdom Ancestry Prayer Team meets Monday through Friday as well as on Sunday. For more information, please see Elder Rhonda Allen. We are continuing with our Bible study series, A Soul for Success. We have recently switched over to focusing on being engrafted in. You can join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. in person or virtual. Our virtual information is on the screen, so you're able to join us there, as well as also be able to join us on the Bible study band. This is where you'll find different documents, uh, different graphics, and other information needed to continue to learn throughout the week based on the Bible study Lesson that was taught the previous week. Children's Church is offered on Sundays in person during the sermon. We are currently currently servicing our children who are either kindergartens all the way up to those who are fifth graders. Now on today, which is Sunday, January 16th, there is a volunteers meeting at 6 p.m. by way of Zoom. Our Zoom information is on the screen. But if you just so happen to miss the meeting, please contact Pastor Kamika Lowry. For more information on how you're able to volunteer as we begin to transition to not just having children's church on Sundays, but also looking to implement the teaching element of it on Wednesday nights. Now, on Monday, January 17th, uh, Pastors and Ministerial Alliance will be holding the M MLK Day Celebration. It will be hosted at New Life Center. And the information is on the screen for your view. They will be returning for the next session beginning on February the 24th. The registration links are available in the announcements that was sent out. And you want to make sure you pay attention to which link you're clicking on. Whether you are a new student or you are a returning student, there are two different links. So please use the proper link that is attached to the announcements that was sent out. Instead meets on Thursdays as well from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, please see Elder Rhonda or Sister Angie. The Bonnie Unity Food Pantry will be open this Thursday, January the 20th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you are looking to find a way to assist with the homeless community and be able to um, perform any outreach with them, please contact Brother George Storm for more information. Spirit Midwest, your next meeting is January 30th. And if you have any information, any questions, or any concern, please reach out to Sister Terry Storm using the contact information on the screen. Now, Black Women's Health and Wellness will be returning Tuesday, February the 8th um, with Dr. Kamala and Apostle Stephanie Moody. Due to the inclement weather that we recently have, we're going to postpone our next session for Ask a Pastor until March of 2022. So please be on the lookout for the exact date um, as we get closer to the month of March. Momstrong will be returning January 22nd 
at Freedom Blend Coffee from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. The location for Freedom Blend Coffee is on the screen. For more information, please um, contact Sister Carmen Long. As always, we want to promote the Count the Cakes app to all of those who are with child to be able to be a stronger advocate for the child that they are carrying. Winter Jam will be returning to the Des Moines area on Saturday, January 22nd. Um, the, the price for admission is $10 per person. And so if you have any questions, please reach out to Pastor Kamika. And even though we are a few months away, we want to go ahead and begin to promote the Open Bible 2022 Women's Conference with the theme being Sisterhood. Our very own Apostle Stephanie Mooney will be um, a keynote speaker. So you're able to register online using the information that's on the screen. The flyer also shows you the, um, the itinerary that is set before the conference. And so please go ahead and begin to register. It will be at Clear Lake Open Bible Church in Clear Lake, Iowa. We want to always make an opportunity for any prayer requests and also invite everyone to continue to uplift our sick and shut-in in this time and in this season. And as always, we want to say happy anniversary to all those that are celebrating the anniversary in the month of January, as well as say happy birthday to all of our January babies. Now, before we jump into the word, we want to give everyone an opportunity to give. Here at New Begin Cybership Ministries, you are able to give online by way of PayPal. Our information is on the screen, and so we ask you to follow accordingly. We are so thankful once again that you chose to worship with us on today. And in just a few minutes, we're going to start the word. God bless you. And here we go. Hallelujah. 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 If y'all can't tell, I'm full. <laughs> this, this is going to be fun getting through this. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rhonda, how much do you love me? A lot. <laughs> uh, you didn't do anything. It's what I'm about to do. <laughs> I am going to bump you because the amount of information that I have to share from this one sermon is definitely going to take more than one week. And I'm praying that you didn't already take a day off. Hallelujah. Go on and bless the Lord. God is on my side, amen? Because <laughs> usually Rhonda, she'll take a day off just to prepare. And she spends that time quiet before the Lord. And she waits and she listens intently. Y'all catch that? Intently waits and listens and knows that God is going to speak a word for the masses. Hallelujah. That's a beautiful thing, amen? Hallelujah. Come on, give them some praise. Hallelujah. So Kamika is actually supposed to go that following weekend. So you're more than welcome to work it out with Kamika and kick her off. <laughs> because Kamika's actually, we're trying to keep her off the schedule at this point because she has taken over our little disciples. Somebody bless the Lord on today. Hallelujah. Now because she's taking them over, y'all, that does not mean that we get out of helping. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen in the house on today? Amen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say it real loud for the people in the back with abilities. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so she definitely still needs help. 
She is over there every week ensuring that our little disciples are being raised up in the way that they should go. Hallelujah. And the amazing thing about the way that it's all set up, and it was this way before with Pam. And Kamika's like, I don't care how you deliver it, but just stick to the script. All you got is plug and play. Everything's right there. So the other day when we had a situation where we couldn't be here, George was like, hey, I got this. But Carmen ended up showing up because it's plug and play. It's that easy to go in, read through it, study it for yourself. Uh-oh. Did I, did I lose half of y'all? Hold on. <laughs> study it for yourself. Well, you, you were pinch hitting, so that's different. That's a little different, Amen. Hallelujah. For those who are online, yes, we do this all the time. Amen. Didn't nobody say you can't have fun in church. Hallelujah. I don't know what church y'all been going to, but we have a good time. Hallelujah. Right in the presence of God because he's here. Hallelujah. 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 Our God is a good God. He is amazing. Amen. So, yes, take a moment study it and here's what's so amazing about it because everybody was so concerned about being able to participate in the service and I'm gonna miss but here's the thing that we got to remember and I shared this during Bible study at first God does something for you then he does something in you after he does something in you he wants to do something through you now when you're leading, he's doing it all at the same time. Everything's happening at one time when you're a leader. So I'm still being developed. I, God is still doing stuff for me. He's doing stuff in me and doing stuff through me all at the same time. Here I am laying hands on people and prophesying over them in Mexico. God's dealing with my stuff and doing something for me all at the same time. Working out messes that's happening in my household. Dealing with my finances. Making sure my mom and dad are taken care of. He got it all on lock, y'all. And when you trust God and you position yourself for a miracle. Ha! Hallelujah. When you position yourself in faith for a miracle. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that's working on the inside of us. But it takes for us to believe. Amen. We got to have that faith. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Can y'all give him some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these little bottles aren't my friend, right? So when you open these little bottles up, they spill all down your arm, all over the microphone. Troy going to be beating me up, right? Don't be amen in that. <laughs> supposed to be standing with me <laughs> hallelujah you got it too amen I'm up, I'm up here looking for napkins can't find none good lord okay so for today's sermon we are going to do from the heart of the pastor from the heart of the apostle amen and so the thing is I said it that way for a reason I didn't post it that way in my powerpoint however it, it just says from the heart of the apostle but I want you to understand that because we are stuck in transition at this point, I have to remain more of a pastor than I can be an apostle at times. And I need us to understand the importance of our position. I'm going to say that again. I need us to understand the importance of our position. What is it that God has called you to do here? Because everybody's got a calling. 
Everybody has a responsibility to the kingdom. There is something you are called to do. All the way from dumping garbage cans. Y'all, I still dump garbage cans. Now, I don't take them out in that snow, let's be clear. <laughs> I find some poor man that be in there. And I'm like, yo, can you take this? And they take it, right? However, all of us need to start thinking beyond self. I ask a question during Bible study, and what I asked was, how are you proving to the world that God is your father and Jesus is your brother? How are you proving to the world? What are you doing to show them? How do they know that it's actually God? Are you positioning yourself to be able to show the world who our God really is and not who the world has made him to be? Because the world's idea of who our God is, is very messed up. It's an error. It's altered. And so God is saying, I'm still the same miracle worker, way maker. I'm still the same today, yesterday, and forever. The God that you read about in the Bible is the same God today. And what is it that we need to do to position ourselves so that we can be, have something done for us, have something done in us, and then he can do things. All right, y'all catching on. Amen? Are y'all catching this? Is this good stuff? Hallelujah. So from the heart of the apostle, we're going to talk about it today. Go ahead to the first slide for me. Amen. So let's talk about who we are as a body. Amen? So New, Be New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry is a multicultural multi-generational, non-denominational, family-oriented church that is commissioned by God to make disciples of all nations for Jesus Christ. We teach the word of God and the life-sustaining principles needed to be successful in our walk with Christ. And in BDM, we believe in loving people where they are, but we develop them into who they are designed to be. Amen. So we want to make sure that people don't just remain a dependent. Can you do this for me? Can you pray for me? Can you, can you go and, and handle this for me? Because I, I don't know how. Those are dependents. God never expected for us to be dependents of anything except for him. But what we've done, and I'm talking about the body at large, not new beginnings, amen? What we've done if we've taken those with titles and we have forced them into the position of the be all to all. And God never expected us to do that. Understand the hand does what the hand is supposed to do. My hand cannot see nothing. But my hand can reach things. It can grab hold of things. It can write. It can do all kinds of stuff. It can help me to drive. But notice what I said. It helps the body get to where it needs to go. So God never expected for us to be everything. But what he does expect for us to do is be who he's designed us to be. Many of us have uh, mastered becoming something God never designed us to be. And I can't remember who said this, but I want to say that it was uh, Miles Monroe, and I could be wrong. No, it was Divine Plumline. He took his watch off, and he talked about how, what if I took this watch and... Instead of wearing it as a watch, if I took my watch here, if that's sliding across my wrist, but if I took this watch and I decided that I was going to use it for a hammer, 
Instead of using it to tell time, track my steps, tell me when somebody's text me, let me know I'm receiving a phone call and allow me to talk to a person if I'm too far away from my phone or in the middle of something and can't stop and go grab my phone. This is what this watch is designed to do. It is designed to help me to remain connected to certain things, right? But if I took it and decided I was going to use it as a hammer, what would happen to the watch? I would break it. It would be of no use to anybody, including me. And this is what's happening. If you're trying to be all to all, everything to everyone, after a while, you get broken down because you're trying to do something you were never designed or anointed to do. Can I hear the church today? Something that you were never designed to do. So people will begin to prophesy over you stuff that don't have nothing to do with what God has purposed you to do. Don't have nothing to do with where God intends for you to stand. And so when that happens and you grab on with your ear, your emotions get tied into it because usually it's something bigger than what you thought you were going to do. Next minute, you know, you're standing in a position and you're wrestling with devils that you were never anointed, prepared or ready to even deal with. Then next minute, you know, you're getting your behind whooped and then you're calling on everybody. Can you pray for me? I don't know what happened. This is why it's so important that we are that developmental training center in the body of Christ. Because the world is watching us get our behinds whooped. Because we're trying to get into promotions out of what we think we should be versus what God has designed us to be. So our founding scripture is Matthew 28. Now, I told y'all I was full. Amen. So just go on and ride with me. Go ahead and give me a few hallelujahs, a few amens. We're going to roll through this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I'm already sweating. It says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, not sometimes, but say it with me, always. I am with you always. I don't care what you're going through. I am with you always. I don't care what people said about me. I am with you always. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He will never leave you. So even in your darkest hour, he's still there. He said, even if you make your bed in hell, behold, he's there. So there's nothing that you can do to lose the love of God. There's nothing you can do to get away from the love of God. You have to walk away from him. And this is the mistake that so many people believe. It's an error. That people believe because man has left them. Man has dogged them out. Man has mistreated them. But that is not the God that we serve. The God that we serve is love. He loved us so much he sent his only son to die. He sent him to die on the cross. So that we could be reconnected. Y'all might be sitting too close. I'm spitting all over the place. Hallelujah. Y'all better put up a face shield or something. That's all I'm going to say. If I come to this side, y'all just do like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so we have to understand that he has 
given us this power. And he said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 All right. So who we are, Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now that word power is the word um, exousia. And so exousia is in the Greek, in your Hebrew lexicon, 1849. And it means in the sense of ability. So he's given us number one, an ability. Hallelujah. But the next thing that it says is that it's also a privilege. Oh, we have been privileged to receive this power from Jesus Christ. But look at the next one. It's a force. Ooh, I don't know about you, but as soon as I read that, something swells up in me and I feel like I grow like 10 feet tall. Amen. We also have a capacity to be able to not only receive this power, but hold this power within and redistribute it. See, many people read the, um, the scripture that is discussing the wineskins. And they don't understand that the reason why they had to use the new wineskin is because when you pour new wine into an old wineskin, it's, so, um, it's so tough and it's, it won't move so that the wine can actually expand because as it's, uh, what do you call it, fermenting, it produces a gas that causes like a, a pressure to take place on the inside of whatever the can container is. So a new wineskin, which is why we get that new spirit so that we can receive the new wine. Hallelujah, are y'all with me? So that new wineskin allows us to be able to take it in and deal with the pressure as it's fermenting and changing things on the inside of us. Are y'all with me on today? Because God is doing something for you. He already did it when he died on the cross, but then he's doing something in you, my God. Hallelujah. As he's doing these things on the inside of you, he expects you to take that wineskin and redistribute it so that he can do something through you into someone else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's, it, it's a force, it's capacity. But there's also a competency that goes with this, amen? We have to have an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing and what it is that we're doing. Otherwise, we're just out there looking just as crazy as the rest of the people. I was having a conversation with my daughter just yesterday, and she was like, have you... Uh, heard about this thing that people are talking about when there is a new moon that it makes them depressed because there's this she used this word that I didn't know and I was like I'm gonna look that up and I didn't I went to bed when I came home but anyways the moon is supposed to release something upon the people and it makes them depressed and they start going through all these things and and they don't know what to do and I was like call on me I got a question. My hand is in the air call on me. And she was like, okay, mom, what? I said, so help me understand. First, I need to know, is this person a Christian? And she said, yeah, they go to so-and-so's church. And I was like, hmm. She said, are they into that? I said, not that I know of. I said, however, what happens is people get caught up with other people. And they get caught up with these teachings and they never compare what's being released to them and over them to what's written in the word of God. So because they never compare this thing, what ends up happening is they take it in as if it is the gospel. 
And so because they can live any old kind of way with this other gospel, this other Jesus that people are preaching, they can do whatever they want to do with this other gospel and this other Jesus that they're preaching. Then they go ahead and they slide on over to that just a little bit. And they want to take that as the truth because they can keep remaining the way that they are. There's no discipleship being taken on. No discipline. No changes happening in the life of the person. They never grow to an understanding. The Bible's pretty clear because what it does say is this. Wisdom is the principal thing. You can be wise about everything but God. Ah. And so wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. But then it goes on, and everybody usually just stop there. It says, but in all of your getting, get some understanding. Become competent over what it is that God is dealing with that he's talking to you about, that he's teaching you. Why is it that he wants it done this way? Why is it that he's telling you don't do it? See, we tell kids, don't have sex until you're married, but do we tell them why? Do we explain to them about how the two become one and their souls literally tie? After you have sex with somebody, you start talking like them. You start acting like them, doing things that they do. Yeah, at first, before you had sex with them, it was you and Jesus Christ, and you were all in. Now, all of a sudden, you slipping, you dipping, you tripping, and you don't know what's going on within, within you. There's a fight taking place for your soul. But we don't tell the kids that. You want to know what we say? Because it makes you nasty and gives you a name. That, that's what everybody's telling the kids. It makes you nasty. It gives you a name in the streets. Everybody will know you as a prostitute. And then what? We got to tell them the truth. We got to be honest about why we say, biblically, this is why God doesn't want you to do this. But that means that we have to be competent. There has to be an understanding. The next one is, is so powerful to me. Why? Because it's freedom, y'all. Hallelujah. Whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. I got a Bible thumping church. Hallelujah. Y'all could have clapped louder than that. Hallelujah. Magistrate, superhuman, potentate, token of control. Y'all should have taken a picture of this slide and went and did a word search. Begin to break these words down so that you understand what's happening in you. Hallelujah. Token of control. We've been delegated influence, y'all. Given authority. We're not like Barney Fife running around the city with a gun that has no bullets. And every time he pulls it, he was like this. That's not us. We understand what God has given us, that exousia power that he has given to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that word all power is exousia, which is intangible, positional. Y'all hear that? Intangible, positional, power which operates through command. It's what we speak, y'all. It's the very words that we release into the atmosphere that makes a difference. Exusia power is actually a privilege that is given to us by God. It is a force knowing that your words command and shape not only the spiritual realm, but it also affects and impacts the natural realm. Here's the amazing thing. I can be sitting here minding my own business. If I was a, a young, young Christian, someone can start calling me verbally, vocally, 
saying my name in the realm of the spirit. And before I know it, I'll be ready to run over there to where they are. And I don't understand why. And the thing is, you have to understand that that same power, gifts and callings come without repentance. That power works whether you're on the side of God or whether you're not. Notice that Satanists pray more than we do. They're more dedicated than the average Christian is. They make sure that whatever it is that Satan has told them to do, that they don't come back until it's done. Yeah. But we want to just come in for a quick fix on Sunday. Say a few hallelujahs, jump around, knock over all the pews, and walk right back out the door. And ain't done nothing different. Haven't changed anything. Haven't learned nothing. Built no more capacity than we had when we was five. It's going to take for some change. So that exusia power was actually given to man at creation. It was lost in the fall. Everybody thinks that it was all about Satan just getting him to worship, getting Satan getting us to worship him. It's not really about that. What he wants to strip us of is our dominion, our exusia power, our ability to speak. Have you ever noticed that before you started coming here, before you learned what you've learned here, that you found yourself speaking out of defeat? instead of out of defense of what is already in you so that you can hold on to it and keep your territory? Have you ever noticed that as people begin to speak curses over you as a child, those things hit you and it keeps you locked into a position and then you just grow up in your body, but your spirit never grows into who God designed you to be, so you find yourself walking as a victim instead of a victor. This is what God is trying to get taken care of. I bind every manifestation right now in the name of Jesus. Your, your power is broken. Not today. It was lost in the fall. So every time we fall, understand that you get reset. And you got to get up and fight again. This is why the Bible tells us a righteous man falls how many times? But every time he gets back up. This is what God is doing right now, y'all. He's raising us up in the most holy faith. It was regained again through redemption, and Jesus shared it with us prior to his ascension. So here was Adam in the garden. He was given authority in the garden to tend and to keep it. Now notice his responsibility was to dress and keep the garden. I'm sorry. So he was to dress and keep it. That word dress actually means serve. Adam was placed in the garden to serve. Okay? But look at the next word. The word is to keep. So you see it translated as uh, tend to in other versions, but it's actually the word keep. And in the Hebrew, that is the word shamar, which is translated as keep, guard. But the most powerful one that I found is watchman. It was his responsibility in the garden to be a watchman over what God had entrusted to him. What has God entrusted to you that you are supposed to guard, that you are supposed to guide, that you are supposed to be a watchman over, that you are supposed to keep it pure for the king? 
What is it that he's given you? It also says, uh, it's defined as preserve and protect. So we want to make sure that whatever it is that God has given us, whether it be you overcame something in your mind, you've got a guard, you've got to preserve, you've got to protect it. Whether it be your children, you've got a guard, you've got to preserve, you've got to protect them. And you do that through keeping them in Jesus Christ, as well as keeping yourself in Jesus Christ. This is why I've continued to stress to everybody the importance of going through the Shamar Prophet training that is uh, done by Apostle Nona so that we can better understand what our actual role is here in the earth. Because if you don't understand where God began, the genesis of it, you're not going to understand what he's doing now or where it is we're going to end. Because when it's all said and done, guess where we come back to? A new heaven and a new earth. And we do what? We govern. Do you see the connection? People separate the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus Christ is just the continuum of one to the other. He's the connector between the two. Because if you read in the prophets, they were prophesying of Jesus. So we've got to be able to pull it all together, amen? And know the exousia power that we carry. Now we must understand and recognize that training is a necessity in this season, y'all. And I don't care what position it is that you hold, whether it be secular or whether it be ecclesial. Training is a necessity. You can't even flip a burger without being trained what meat is, how to properly cook it to the right temperature, how to properly contain it so that you don't harm those that you are serving, bring shame to the organization that you're representing, or cause legal issues. If you aren't trained and you're already operating in a position, what happens is the sickness in you will turn around and make them sick. This is what's happening in the church today. People run out, they go start a new ministry out of offense because the pastor didn't recognize their giftedness and how wonderful they are and release them to go minister fast enough in their eyes. And then the next minute you know they're injecting that same bitterness, that same rebellion, and that same error into those who are following them. We must remember that a tree can only reproduce after its own kind. Now the hard part is we forget while we build our own kingdom, that according to James 3 and 1, those who are teachers receive a more harsh punishment. They receive stricter judgment. They're held to a higher standard. That's why I always take the time to help y'all as leaders to identify your issues so that you can make the choice to address the issue. My responsibility in your development it's to teach you how to recognize the very things the enemy is using and what he's used in the past to stop you from becoming who you are and were designed to be, who you were purposed to be. You cannot do a job without being well-trained, y'all. God taught Adam how to use his exousia power that was delegated to him by showing him the power of his words by first having him to do what? He opened his mouth and named everything that he saw. He named the animals. That was nothing more than on-the-job training. Amen? So notice whatever Adam said it was, that's what it was. We still calling it that to this day. When God designed the heavens and the earth, whatever he said it was, it was so. 
This is why it's so important to watch what comes out of our mouths because we have been made in the likeness and in the image of God. We have been made in the likeness and the image of Jesus and Holy Spirit. And they have delegated authority in the earth for us to govern, to rule, to dominate so that we live out everything we speak out, whether we understand it or not. But watch this. How did the serpent get Adam and Eve to give up their exousia power? He got Eve talking. As she spoke, the very words that came out of her mouth began to shape her desires until she ate the forbidden fruit. And they lost their privilege. They lost their power to dominate in the earth. And they also lost their home. They lost their closeness, their contact with God. He kicked them out of paradise and sent them out into the world. Mark eleven twenty three and 24 says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In other words, when I speak, sickness has to bow in the name of Jesus because sickness is not my portion. I am healed. Fear, anxiety, depression has to leave in the name of Jesus. Why? Because my God does not give me the spirit of fear. He gives me power, love, and a sound mind. In Jesus' name, I have exousia power. I can speak and I can say, I am not a victim but a victor. In the name of Jesus, chains are broken. Why? Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Demons have to flee when I say the name of Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that I am who God has designed me to be. And whatever follows I am starts the genesis of it. I may not look like it, but I know in the end I'm going to look exactly like Jesus Christ designed me. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Now, Once that happened, once she opened her mouth and he got her talking, it was only a matter of time, watch this, y'all, before she not even, not only ate the forbidden fruit that God had specifically told her not to do, but she turned, it says, and she gave to her husband and infected him with the same thing she was infected with. And so this is why it's so important that we understand why God has called us into this earth at this time. He could have had us born in the 1800s. He could have had us born in the year 3000 if he tarries. But he chose us for right here and right now to do something about what it is that we see happening. Satan had won that fight. And God himself came down as Jesus Christ to restore our dominion through redemption. Amen. So Jesus stepped out of his place in eternity to extend his kingdom right here in the earth. And y'all, 
We are a part of that kingdom. Oh, y'all should have clapped louder than that. We are a part of that kingdom. Now, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 says, let this mind be in you. Go ahead and lay your hands on yourself and say, this is the mind, the mind of Christ that is in me. Hallelujah. Go ahead and clap and, and seal it with a praise. It says, let this mind be in you. The mere fact that he had to say, let this mind be in you, tells you that you have the ability to have another mind. How do we see this? Remember when uh, the prodigal son was in the pig pen and it says, and he came to himself. In other words, his mind was on something that had nothing to do with where God had originally positioned him. He was just about to eat the piggy food. And what we don't know is that pigs will eat you if you join in that pig pen. They will eat you. They will eat their own. They eat their own poop. They eat all kinds of stuff. So they would have eaten him had he have gotten in there in that weakened state that he was in because it said that he didn't even have food. He was so hungry he was going to go down to a lower status than where it was that God had put him in the beginning, where he was birthed into. You got to understand, when you become a part of the family of God, you are not in poverty anymore. You got to change your mindset. You got to change the way that you think. Sickness, I don't care. It might have ran in my family before it bumped into me. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Generational curses don't run here. We run them off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But we got to change our mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And look what it said, who being in the form of God. He had the same ability with God, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Uh-oh, now I'm getting ready to jack y'all's theology up. Understand that if Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God and be in the form of God, and then he's on the inside of us, my God. Did y'all catch that? Do you understand who's in you? So now when you say greater is he who lives with Huh. Is it making sense now? But Jesus didn't think it robbery to come down to the earth in the form of God, but made himself of no reputation. He even took upon the form of a servant. Here's where we mess up. Let's talk about position. Here's where we mess up. What we do is we so worried about position so that people can talk about us. So that people can accept us. So that people can see us as important. I am somebody. Yes, you are somebody, but what are you somebody to? Oh, my God. Or is it still all about you? We're so siloed in our thinking. Stop right there. Don't go there, Stephanie. Stop. All right. I hear you. Yes, I won't. Amen. All right. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became did y'all see that he became obedient Jesus himself because he was wrapped in flesh had to become obedient to the will of God 
unto death, even the death of the cross. Check this, y'all. Do you understand if God trusted himself in flesh, and this is why we have a high priest who can understand the infirmities and the weakness and the temptations that we go through. The first thing that happened after God spoke from heaven says, Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove, like the form of a dove. He descended and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The next thing that happened is it says, Holy Spirit said, hey, come on, Jesus, we're about to go in the wilderness so you can be tested and tempted for 40 days. If God trusted himself wrapped up in flesh, why did he have to make himself go through the test? So if Jesus had to go through temptations for 40 days and 40 nights, and then you see the next three temptations that everybody talks about, why is it that we think we ain't going to be tempted? Oh, we've been delivered. Oh, God did this for me. Did he? Them devils be like, oh, he did. All right. Let me come on over here and see what God really did. This is what he does. And we open our mouths because we know to declare, we know to decree. And then we run our mouths to everybody, yet we ain't been trained. So when the temptation comes, when hell hits your household, that word that was in the form of a seed, sperma, is the etymology of word, sperma, what does sperm do? It reproduces. It couldn't reproduce any fruit because it never had a chance to take root because we out there blasting. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And all of a sudden, them devils be like, oh, all right, y'all ready? There's a party over here. They go right over there. And they over there, ooh, ooh, having a great time. All up in your house. And because you've not been trained, uh-oh. So Jesus became obedient. In other words, Jesus had to train his flesh. But check this out. Jesus would not have accomplished. Remember when I preached the last time I talked about how Moses and, uh, Moses and Elijah came down to speak to Jesus, to tell him what he should accomplish. Jesus never would have accomplished that if he would have never crucified his flesh. Oh, my. Now, to crucify means to take it down, pin it to, and let it die. How many of us are stuck in that, por that portion of our walk? We're not pinning that flesh down. That flesh is having a party everywhere it goes. That flesh got people doing all kind of stuff they ain't supposed to be doing because they're watching you and you're leading them. Oh, my God. So that flesh is doing all kinds of stuff, but we're not crucifying it, so we're not accomplishing what it is that God needs us to accomplish. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. We want to be exalted before we crucify that flesh. Understand your test and your trials are to do a couple of things. Number one, you need to understand that a test and a trial are two different things. A test comes to see what you know. In school, you were taught things, and what ends up happening is you have to take a test to show your what? Competency. Y'all see them words coming back? 
Y'all see why I'm not going to get through this in one day? Probably going to end up bumping both of y'all, but we're just going to talk about that later. So that competency is very, very important. So it comes to test to see how competent you are and what it is that you have learned and what it is that you have taught. Or are you still at the infant stage where you're failing because you're not applying what you know? So the second thing is a trial. Are y'all with me today? Is this making some sense? So the second thing is a trial. Let me talk to you about a trial. The only time a trial happens is when there is an accusation. So the accuser of the brethren comes in and accuses. Now let me ask you this question. Is it possible that Jesus Christ would listen to an accusation that wasn't true? So we're put on trial in the courts of heaven. Mm -hmm. We're put on trial because the enemy cannot go to God with a lie. Yes, the blood covers it all, but there's still consequences for all that we do. How do we know this to be true? The thief on the cross, Jesus said, hey, homie, today you're going to be with me, and that's the SMV, you're going to be with me in paradise, amen? This day, you're going to be with me. Where was paradise? The only other place you saw paradise was where? The Garden of Eden. So you're going to be in that closest place that those cherubim with flaming swords are protecting. You're going to get admittance. But understand, that thief had to do two things. His flesh had to be crucified, and he had to believe. Isn't that something? This is the gospel we're not talking about. This is the gospel we're not preaching. So if that's the case, yes, it's covered under the blood, but with every trial when you're found guilty, there are consequences to your guilt. So when we're out there running our mouth about other people, running our mouth, sharing the gossip about what we think we know, when we're out there running our mouth, doing all this stuff that we know we're not supposed to be doing, when we're doing it, what happens is we open up the courts of heaven and Satan's like, ha-ha, guess what? I got them now, God. Here's what's going on. I know you saw it because you can see everything. You, your word even said, you got to understand, Satan knows the word better than we do. Why? Because he was right there with the word. You better ask somebody. He was in heaven. He is the covering or was the covering cherubim. His responsibility was to be right there shielding the throne of God. So he knows the way that God works. He knows the mind of God. He understands it. But we don't. We seek what's in God's hand instead of looking at what's in God's head. Not understanding if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, all things will be added. But we're chasing after the money. We're chasing after the fame. We're chasing after everything but Jesus Christ. I know y'all catching a whole lot of problems trying to keep up with me today, but it's all good. Amen? So... We're on trial because he's come to God with what we've done. Not just an accusation, but he's come to God with what we've done. And there are consequences for what we do. So even though the thief on the cross was forgiven, and we all are, 
We can't keep putting ourselves in the courts of heaven on trial for things that we know that we ain't doing right. The amazing thing about it is this. Even in the book of Acts, it talks about how when Paul walked up to um, the Areopagus, he told him, he said, I see y'all got all these gods listed out. But then you get to the end and you talk about the unknown God. And he says, up to this point, until I stood here, and I'm telling you the truth about God. He said, God will no longer wink at your ignorance. In other words, you're going to be held accountable to judgment from this moment forward. Now, if it's found that what the enemy is saying is true and you're still out there like this doing it, you best believe judgment's going to be a little heavier. Especially, and God is a righteous judge. I just had this conversation with uh, my niece. We was cooking a hundred, what was it, a hundred and, we ended up with like a hundred and ten. My parents say thank you, amen, because they ended up with a great meal. Hallelujah. A hundred and ten pork chops, y'all. So me and Shanae was in there. Vince started the cornbread for us. He went to work, and then we finished the dressing and the green beans. And we're in there, and we're cooking. And I said, sweetheart, what you got to understand is this. God is a righteous judge. And because he is a righteous judge, he will always send a representative, an ambassador. Somebody better know what I'm talking about. To say, yo, this right here that you're doing, you better stop it or you're going to find yourself in trouble with God. And what ends up happening is we're like, she don't know what she's talking about. And then you find yourself in trouble because now God has judged what you're doing. Again, this is the gospel we don't want to talk about. Our actions make a difference in our rewards. If you still broke, check and see if you still holding God's tithe hostage. Because here's the thing. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So you go ahead and you can withhold your tithe. Let me help you. I don't touch tithes. I don't even have access to write you a check. Let me help you. I'm not touching your money. That money belongs to. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. So the purpose of the tithe is to take care of. Oh, we want to lead without even tithing. Because if you can't tithe, that means that you don't have faith that God is going to do what he's written in his word for you. Ah, So let me help you. I'm real quick. Me and Lachelle was laughing the other day because I told her she, she was telling me about a person who had had an issue with people um, asking about tithing or something to that effect. And she said, let me tell you about my apostle. She'll tell you in a heartbeat, keep your little tithe. Because <laughs> the moment that it becomes yours, everything I own belongs to God. He gives me the benefits off of what I get from him. We, my husband lost his job. Asked me if we got behind in our, in our mortgage payment. Asked me if I'm still in the same house and just built a garage on it. Huh? And a roof. 
a brand new roof. And go ahead, tell my story for me. That's like, go ahead and testify for me. Come on. We're talking about positioning ourselves for miracles. I will never forget it because O.C. and Kamika, and this is their testimony, they had just bought a house because they're pregnant with Jasmine when all of this was going on. They just bought a house and needed someone to rent out their uh, condo, their duplex or whatever it was called, a townhouse. Yeah, needed somebody to rent it. So things were really, really tight. We family, right? So if it's tight for you, you coming over here and we're going to make sure that y'all eat and you're going to eat real good, right? A person showed up at the door. First of all, at church, my dad is helping to count the uh, tithes and he picks his card up and he said, I can't believe somebody did this. And Deb goes, what? He said, they put a food stamp card in here. <laughs> he got really upset. And Debbie looks at it and she said, that's not a food stamp card, you dork. That's a high V gift card. And it had a nice note to me and said, because you are, and I still don't know who did it. Because we have watched you walk in faith. While he was going through trying to figure out what I'm going to do, because he was a breadwinner. What, am, what are we going to do about this? And he told me, he said, you will never have to worry about nothing. If I have to work three, four jobs, I don't care. You aren't going to lose nothing. I need you to have faith in my faith in God right now. And I said, baby, let's go. We got this. So what ends up happening is I get that card, right? And so I send O.C. and Kamika to the store with that card. And that card had a significant amount on it. I send them to the store with that card. I'm talking about positioning yourself for a miracle. I send them to the uh, Hy-Vee with that card. They walk into Hy-Vee to get what I need. Somebody walks up to them, miracle. This is not just a testimony. It's accompanied with a miracle. Somebody walks up to them and says, hey, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to give this to you, and hands them a gift card. It has exactly the amount that we need to pay for what I sent them to buy. They come back with tears in their eyes, handing me back the card. And I said, did y'all really? They said, no, I promise you. Here's the gift card. Positioning yourself for a miracle. Let me tell you why I call it a miracle. I continue to, to tithe the exact same amount as if my husband still had his job. Walking by faith and not by sight. Trusting in what God has shown me, what he's doing in me. He did it for me. He did something in me. And now he's doing it through me to pour into another. I'm going to stop right there because I've given y'all a lot. I ain't even made it past the third slide. Good Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did y'all learn something today? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to stop right there. Now, what, what I do know, amen, what I do know is this, that we are in a season where we're going to be challenged at every corner. The mere fact that my daughter is now having to defend her faith. Now, you don't see her sitting in these seats, but she's having to defend her faith. And so when you're raising up those kids in the way that they should go, what do you think is happening? So as she went through school, they offered her all kinds of things, and some things she tried and some things she didn't. Those are things that's going to happen in our youth potentially. It doesn't have to happen, 
but it's possible that it can happen in our youth. We still make mistakes that we shouldn't be making um, if we know the word of God. Those things happen in our youth. It's covered under the blood. We're still praying and covering our children while they're still young up until the age of 21. We continue to pray for them, but now they're getting ready to get hit with their consequences a little different. Amen? So the reality is this. She's now defending her faith with what she was taught when she was young, and now she's outside in the world. Do you understand what God is doing? And when she finally got to the end of that conversation with the young lady, it went something like this, and I'm paraphrasing. Well, you go ahead and you keep them headaches from the moon. I'm going to keep walking with Jesus. This is what we're doing. So when I'm talking about position, you have to understand that if you can't teach a child, you can't teach an adult. Because you have to get to the place where you can speak to somebody on their level, but not lower yourself to where they are. Bring them up to where you are. There's a difference. I'm not going to go down there where you are. I'm going to raise you up and bring you up to where I'm at. Every time Jesus spoke to somebody different, he spoke in the language they understood. And this is what it's going to take, you guys. I still have not released our decree for 2022, but that'll come on next week. There's a strong possibility this is going to take longer than two weeks. Amen. But as long as you guys are learning and you're growing, that's all that matters to me. Amen. Come on, give them some praise. So if you are online today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is a link that is right there at the top of the description. You can click that. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, we welcome you into the family of God. If you want to make New Beginnings Discipleship Ministries your home of fellowship and worship, we invite you in as a member, as a citizen of the kingdom, and we invite you in as one who is welcome to the embassy of God. We are an embassy. This is an ark of safety that you can come into, that you're going to get trained for your position in, and that you're going to be able to legally operate in your position. Amen? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord God, we bless you. Oh God, there is none like you. Lord, I pray and I ask, dear Father, that you would just help us to really unpack what it is that you are doing in this season and why we are so important in the earth in this time and in this season. I thank you for the revelations that have poured forth on today and for where you have taken us and, Lord God, where it is that you're going to let us end up. So, Father, I bless you. And, Father, I give myself completely, wholly unto you in Jesus' name. Continue to have your way within our lives. And, Father, bring to our remembrance the things that are necessary as we go through different temptations, as we go through different tests. And, Lord God, let us not do things that cause us to be in a trial in Jesus' name. We love you so much, Father. We bless you, God. There is none like you. We love you so much, and we thank you. I cover everyone with the blood of Jesus. I bind all backlash and retaliation right now in the name of Jesus, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week. Amen.